behavior is driven by identity and my identity is not to back down. We said, yeah, let's do it. And then figured it out. I'll never again say I can't figure something out. The vast amount of knowledge out there, I don't know. But once I turn my focus to it, I can make it my own. I can become excellent. I can become one of the best in the world at whatever I set my mind to. I think the smartest man of the modern world, and a lot of people disagree with me, but they've never actually read his words, was Sigmund Freud. Sigmund Freud, just trust me, even though some of his theories of Oedipus complex and all these have been discredited, he's the founder of modern psychology. Anytime you found an entire <laughs> subject in, in, in university, you're pretty smart. And he is a gene, trust me, read Civilization's Discontents. I've read, you know, most of the philosophers, the great thinkers, and I've never read somebody by Kim. But one of the things that he says is who we fall in love with. So this is a good marketing tip if you're building a business because a lot of people love Quest Bars. You you have people with a love relationship. Not everybody. Ty's brother, Ben. My brother has a loves relationship them. with Quest He's Bars. definitely. Yeah, my brother is like a huge about a disciple, an apostle for it. So you can, it. you can use this in any, this this principle. What, what Sigmund Freud said is that um, in order to get love, he so he talked about the Bible where Jesus Christ said, love your neighbor, love your enemy as yourself. And Sigmund Freud said he didn't think that made sense but he, because he said, Love is something valuable to you. You don't have that much time. You can't love everybody on the planet equally, right? You don't have time to help all 7 billion people. So he said, humans have this decision to make. Like, who will you put your real love in terms of time, energy, effort, and so on? And he said, what do we look for? And it's very interesting. I was just rereading re this yesterday. He said, the ultimate thing we look for is something that reminds us of ourselves. People fall in love with themselves because... Freud is one of the first people to talk about this narcissism. And so I think when you're marketing a bar like Quest Bar or you're like Zach marketing Tinder, yourself, marketing himself on Tinder, there has to be some deep sub psychological A. That, that vibes with what I already believe. So marketing, like you said, you got these influencers who were pro bodybuilders. They weren't people who were 300 pounds overweight that were used to eating Reese's pieces all the day because when they looked at Quest Bar, they didn't see themselves, their world. In this case, it wouldn't be literally themselves. It'd be their worldview. And so you start in marketing with people who already have your worldview. And they fall in love with you. And then over time, you've been able to evangelize out into. So let's talk about this first year. How many bars are you selling roughly a day? Um, Not a lot. So I, I don't know how the math works out, but we made less than a quarter of a million our first year. So you made less than 250000 and now your your sales numbers aren't public now. Yeah, we don't report them. But um, but hundreds you did and hundreds and hundreds of millions. So now it went from two hundred fifty thousand in the first year to conceivably you know over two hundred fifty million. Let's just say definitely over that. Yeah, well over that. How did that feel? Did it freak you out? What did you have to learn? Did you have to learn to get new bank accounts? Did you have to learn to get financial advisors? Let's talk. I want people listening. To not only know about the quote unquote grind, because that's talked about a lot. Oh, you gotta grind, you gotta do, but also about some of the cool stuff that happens. So what is some of the cool stuff that happens to your life 
so that people who are struggling now can see light at the end of the tunnel. Like, do you remember the day where you had, you know, you had a million dollars? Did and you, you just could... steal a quest bar, Zach? Zach's stealing bars. No, I'm opening it silently. Oh. <laughs> what What are some of the cool events from like a financial standpoint that happened to you? Well, the coolest was when we did sell a small piece of the company. Um, you're hitting refresh on your bank account and you go from, you know, a normal salary to all of a sudden refresh, refresh, refresh. And there's a lot of commas and zeros in your account. That that was a pretty <laughs> surreal moment uh, because it wasn't like, oh, you know, it's 30 years of first I'm making 50,000, then 100,000, then 500,000, then a million, then 1.5. You know, it was like right. literally I went from having a good but normal salary to like, holy fuck, I'm rich. <laughs> Yeah. So, and in literally from one refresh to the next. That's like Mark Cuban. If you've seen my video, Mark Cuban was over here playing basketball and I was talking about getting rich and he's like, I stayed up all night, didn't go to bed, refresh, refresh. And, he, and it went to a billion. He was a billionaire. Oh, a buddy, this week I was in Vegas with a friend of mine and he's on the Forbes list. He's one of the richest. He's actually richer than Mark Cuban. And he's like. I hope Mark Cuban isn't listening. He won't like that. Mark didn't care. Mark got plenty of money. Um, he basically, my friend's like, dude, I had no, I mean, he sold his company for $5 billion cash, and he owned basically all of it. So he made maybe $4.1 billion uh, cash, and it was not U.S., so not too much taxes. So he goes, it, it, I forget the word. I was having sushi with them, and what was the word? It was just kind of what you said. It was kind of like unfathomable. He did, never went into it being like, okay, we're going to build this business. It's an online business. We're going to build this, and then we're going to sell it for $5,000 million because that's what it was. $5 billion is $5,000 million. So what is the biggest myth of entrepreneurship and business ownership that you started think you started out with in your brain in 2010? Warren Buffett says every year, you must get rid of one long-standing belief. And I would add to that, every year you have to kick somebody out of your social circle that you used to hang out with and add a better person. Not better, but more congruent with your philosophy. Better looking. <laughs> That's why I ended up with Zach after all these years. I've been going for looks, and Zach is the final culmination of looks. No, but Tom, what what's the biggest myth you had to throw out in the last seven years? Um, that there are limits to what you can figure out. So I think that now the guiding principle in my universe is I can learn to do anything, anything. So, and when you look at the living embodiment of this, it's Elon Musk, right? Yeah. So it goes in, oh, I want to get to Mars, but no one's built a rocket. I guess I'll have to learn rocket science. Like yes. that's so amazing to me. And when we went into it, we didn't think we were going to be marketers. That was it. We're going to market right. this protein bar. And when we realized we had to be our own manufacturers, my first reaction was panic. It was like, I don't know anything about that. Like, and I thought that I was like a pretty hardened entrepreneur by that point. And looking at that was like, Jesus, I don't know anything about leasing commercial real estate. I don't know anything about the equipment. Like you gotta be joking. Engineering, I know nothing about it. The thought of wearing a hairnet every day and a lab coat and doing that like was so beyond foreign to me. And, but literally in the span of like, I'm not kidding, 15 minutes went from, okay, this is crazy and I don't want to do this to, it's the only way forward. And so am I really going to chicken out? And so, you know, behavior is driven by identity and my identity is not to back down from stuff like that. So we said, yeah, let's do it. And then figured it out. And that was sort of the last thing is like, I'll never again say I can't figure something out. There's the vast, you know, 
amount of knowledge out there I don't know. But once I turn my focus to it, I can make it my own. I can become excellent. I can become one of the best in the world at whatever I set my mind to. So mentors, let's talk about that. Nobody, even though sometimes weird people argue with me on this, <laughs> you don't need mentors. Every, I have not, I have yet to meet somebody who did great things uh, who can't directly attribute at least some of their success, some of their direction from somebody who went before. I just posted a, a video on my Instagram, a little clip of me with Kobe Bryant um, after one of his last games of the season last year. I sat next to him on the bench and then I went back in the locker room. And I asked him, like, do you have mentors? And he just immediately goes, oh, yeah, Ty. He goes, well, first of all, I had Magic Johnson. I had Michael Jordan. Then he he mentioned Bob Iger, you know, the, the Disney CEO. He brought up Phil Jack. He had a lot. He kept going. And I said, why is that important? And he said, well, you have to learn from people who created greatness before you. Or else you reinvent the wheel. I can't tell you how many people come up to me and they're like, dude, I invented a wheel. We can put it on a car, and it will roll. It's going to be so cool. I, and here's this prehistoric stone, and they're like, you want to put this on your Ferrari? I'm like, dude, they invented a wheel a long time ago. They perfected it. Now they have badass, like Ferraris and Lambos have these badass tires. I drove a Bugatti. I don't have a Bugatti, but I drove one, and they have these tires. They're like 20, I forget what, they're massive tires. So I want to tell those people, yo, you could have just learned from the people who already created tires. Why are you going to waste 40 years of your life? So for you, uh, even though you pioneered some stuff, there was nobody to fully look up to, whether authors, whether parents, whether business people that have made an impact on your life. And who are they? Yeah, no question. So uh, the most profound mentors in my life have been authors, uh, for sure. I owe Stephen King. I know that's an odd answer. We were talking about this. Um, a debt of gratitude, big time. Uh, in fact, if anybody listening right now, I'm going to hijack this interview. If you <laughs> know Stephen King uh, and can get him to come on my show, man. Oh, God, I really want to interview He will guy. give you a quest bar. I, I will give you Have you ever tried reaching out to him? Oh, I sent him an iPad with a custom <laughs> message from me on it explaining how he touched my life. Um, and why it was so important. So I used to think I didn't like reading. And when I was like 12 or 13, my dad said, look, read this one more book and I'll never bother you again. If you don't like to read after this book, then I'm just going to leave it alone. And he handed me the gunslinger, which is the first book in the dark tower series. And I read it. And to this day, I remember the opening line and it, it showed me that everyone likes to read. You just don't know, like, you don't know what you like to read yes. about. And so that took me down. I read exclusively fiction for a very long time, but then getting good at reading and not feeling awkward anymore then led me to nonfiction. And so um, Joseph Campbell changed my life at a huh. deep and fundamental level. Okay. Um, very much so. I will attribute much of my success in marriage to Joseph Campbell in the way that he made me conceptualize what it was. Um, so that's been massive. Um, my wife has been a huge mentor for me. My business partners were huge mentors for me. Um, yeah, between between those three, like in face-to-face -face mentorship, those have been the most profound. But then I read not as much as you. Normally, like I can say I read more than everybody in the room, but fuck you for the book a day thing. <laughs> uh, so I'm a book a week kind of cat. That's um, still good. No, no, I, I'm The average CEO it. reads 50 plus books per year.